All right, hey Cards fans, welcome back to the Cardinals Cast podcast. I know we haven't uh, done a podcast in a while, but the world has been heating up lately with a lot of moves and trades and signings. So we thought we'd sit down and record an episode for you guys. Uh, so just to begin, we're going to go over some of the coaching uh, changes. Um, so the Cardinals have brought in Matt Holiday to be their bench coach. Yeah, um, I think, I mean, I really liked Matt Holiday uh, back in the day when I was um, watching him play for a little bit. Um, I think as a bench coach, replacing another former Cardinal and Skip Schumacher um, will be kind of nice. Um, yeah. I keep it in the family, I guess, if you say it like that. Um, yeah. I thought it was quite humorous when he talked about, you know, since he was a former teammate of Adam Wainwright saying like, oh, I'm going to make him run laps. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd kind of forgotten that. That was pretty funny. Um, so, yeah, this will be his first major league coaching stint um, after being the coach at Oklahoma State. So it'll be interesting to see. I know bench coaches are kind of there just to, like, keep the team together. But yeah, and he should be a pretty Holly good coach. ejected, then Matt's there. Yeah. Yeah. They find a new uh, pitching coach and the hitting coach. Both of whom are um, like have been in the Cardinals organization for a while. Yeah. So I, I never really heard of them, but that's yeah. kind of what happens with hitting coaching and pitching coaches if they're in like mm. the minors. You don't really hear about them that much. Yeah. Um. So I just wanted to touch on that. And then we can get into some of the, like, around the MLB, some, some big moves. Logistics. So yeah. we got the Lots Judge to stuff. Yankees. Um, the big one that happened first. Yeah, Judge is back. I did not think that he was going to go back to the Yankees. I really didn't. Um, but I guess they understood that they should pay the guy who, you know, hit an American League home run record money. So... They paid him his contract extension, or just a new one. Um, so he's back with the Yankees. It, I don't know. It just, it looked like he was going to go. Everybody was talking about the Giants, and I was kind of, I'm honestly, mm-hmm. I was here for it. Um, but I'm okay with him staying with the Yankees. I think it'll be, I think it'll be good for him. Obviously, the fans like him there. Um, he plays well in the big market mm-hmm. that the Yankees yeah. are. So I think it was good yeah. that the Yankees did resign him to get rid of any. Potential, like, oh, no. So, Yeah, but then the Giants turned around, got Carlos Correa, got their big contract. Yeah, for 13 so, years. Yeah. Which, it was funny. I remember the Dodgers had literally came out and said that we are not signing Carlos Correa, mainly because of the fans, which is still probably stemming from the fact that he was on the 2017 Astros when they were the face of the cheating mm-hmm. scandal and they yeah. beat the Dodgers. And so... The Giants, I guess, heard that and they're like, "Okay, we're rivals of the, you know, yeah. Dodgers anyway, yeah. so we might as well sign public enemy number one of the Dodgers to our team for the next decade." So I'm excited to see when it's a Dodger San Francisco game. How like they already don't like Carlos Correa, and now he's on the enemy. You know, he's on like the like you know public enemy number yeah, one on rival. public team enemy number one for the Dodgers. So that's going to be mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of animosity there, and I'm honestly I'm here for it. I'm gonna I love I love that. Yeah, 
And another uh, team that made a lot of big moves, and it was kind of expected considering their owner was the Mets. They got uh, Verlander. They got Quintana. I mean, they seem like they have unlimited money and can get whoever they want. Well, I think I saw – so they lost. The big loss was in the very beginning. They lost Jacob deGrom, who signed with the Mm -hmm. Texas Rangers. And then people were a little bit upset about that. But I think with the amount of money that they spent on Jacob deGrom, they split it out between Justin Verlander, Jose Quintana, and I think one more guy or something. So, like, Mm -hmm. the amount of money that was going into Jacob deGrom alone, they spent on three good pitchers. Um, So I don't think Mets fans are as upset as they were. Obviously, there's a lot of love for Jacob deGrom in the Mets organization. But I think logistically, I think they came out on top, honestly. Because they got three good rotation guys after losing, you know, one. And for the Rangers, it's great for them. He obviously adds to their rotation. They're trying to do everything in their yeah. power to be potentially competitive in that division, um, which they've shown, you know, sparks of that. I think Degrom being there definitely helps them. You know, hopefully Corey Seager, especially with the shift being limited um, next season. Hopefully we'll be able to get more base hits that way. If any, you know, even Joey Gallo, any, any pretty much left-handed pull hitter will probably see an up in at the very least batting average, you know? And so mm-hmm. more ball movement could help those guys and potentially helping those guys can help teams that like the Rangers who kind of rely on those guys to be a big hitter for them actually produce. So that's going to be a big thing that'll affect a lot of, and I don't know if that was going into people signing people in these winter meetings because they knew like Joey Gallo went to the twins on a one year, $11 million deal. And I think they potentially are banking on the fact that with the shift being limited, Joey Gallo will be a little bit better of a ball hitter, but we'll, we'll have to see how that pans out. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, A lot of people were talking about Rodon and the Cardinals um, because he'd add like that ace guy, top of the rotation guy. But uh, kind of unfortunately, he went with the Yankees. So this oh, adds to thanks. their incredible. I mean, their their roster is just it's crazy good. It's it's loaded all over the place. Everything bullpen, rotation, just the lineup mm-hmm. in general. Yeah, you know they they lost Jordan Montgomery to us when we traded with for Harrison Bader, um, but then they got Rodon. So. You know, only a few months later, after mm-hmm. trading away Jordan Montgomery, they signed just another big pitcher. Um, and I think Rodon they got has the character and the attitude. Yeah, they got Frankie Montas in the trade deal. Yeah, so I, yeah. they're the so, Yankees are doing everything right at the moment. Yeah. Well, the Cardinals they went out and they got Wilson. They got the catcher, five years, eighty-seven and a half. So. I was pretty happy with that. I think he's going to be a really good catcher. He's going to be a great, uh, great hitter. Um, I mean, we really haven't had any hitting from our catching position in a couple of years. And I believe nice oh, yeah, as long to as have has been around. All star. Yeah, yeah, and it's not like his. You know, he's definitely a better hitter than Yachty was. Yachty was definitely a better defender than Wilson was, but it's not to say that Wilson is bad defensively. He still has a pretty good pop time and he can still catch guys here and there. Um, so it's not like we're totally losing 
a good backstop. He can still play the catcher position well at the major league level. Um, and if anything, what the Cardinals needed was better production in that spot in the lineup to actually get some more offense going, and mm-hmm. he's going to provide that. And so I think, you know, obviously, I, for one, especially, um, you know, I'm sad to see Yachty retire, the whole, you know, the legacy's over. And since we've been used to, especially my entire life, having a defensive catcher and not really seeing the catcher hit that well, um, I know a lot of people that I've been talking to are a little bit like, you know, they liked that. They liked the defense that he was. And I did too. Um, but especially with the way that baseball is played now, we needed production. You need all nine guys to be able to hit well. And so now with Wilson yeah. Contreras, we have that catcher spot being a good hitter. And that'll help our offense. And, you know, if we give up a few runs here and there, if we can get them right back, it's all we need. Mm-hmm. All right, I just want to run through the starting pitching situation. Yeah. All right. So I guess at the top of your lineup, you got Flaherty, Miles mm-hmm. uh, Michaelis, Jordan Montgomery, uh, Stephen Matz, and Adam Wainwright. Um, but yep. after 2023, only Matz has a contract. Everybody else would be a free agent at the moment. So yeah, Adam Wainwright's thought, retiring after this year too. Yeah, yeah. You thought maybe oh they'll go get someone, sign them for multiple years, so that we aren't panicking um, at the end of this season to try to go get some guys. I know you got Libertor. Hopefully, you got um, some other guys coming up through the the pipeline. Uh, but you really like some quality. Um, major league level talent beyond this year. And I don't know if Packy Naughton was a starter because he kind of pitched like middle this past season. Um, and I don't know if he would transition into maybe being a starter, but um, he was a young guy that could be there. I remember I saw somewhere saying that, um, you know, Mosellock said that we had, when they asked them if we're going out for pitching, he said we had five starting pitchers, um, mm-hmm. which He's not technically wrong by any means, but I called it four and a half uh, or like three and a half because we have Miles Michaelis. Mm-hmm. I'd call them a starting pitcher. Jordan Montgomery, starting pitcher. Steven Matz. Adam Wainwright is your .5 guy because we don't know if he's going to be mm-hmm. what he was like last year. And I just personally have no confidence in Jack Flair because he's been injured too much and yeah. he's never been able to play a whole season. So I don't really know if he's going to be there at all. Um, yeah. So I think, well, I think he's kind of banking on if we do need a fifth guy to have one of the young guys be our that, you know, we'll see. Yeah. I think Mosaic did count um, Dakota Hudson as one of the pitchers, but, and he said there are six, but yeah. Dakota Hudson is just so unreliable. It there, just, how can you I even mean, count him? I don't know. It, the one thing that I can maybe see happening with Dakota Hudson is that he's always been a slow starting pitcher. Um, and maybe with the pitch clock now, make you know he's got to get a better tempo, better momentum going to actually throw the pitch. It could get him into a good rhythm and maybe make him a little bit more consistent. But that's really the only thing I can see with Dakota Hudson potentially getting better. Yeah. So I was hoping for a for an ace. I was hoping for a Rodon, but I, I think it's going to happen. And then also I was hoping. For a shortstop, you know, because Trey Turner would really upgrade the team. 
But so that was going to so be a lot Dan, of money. Dansby Swanson would have been a good upgrade too. Debatable, you know? Yeah. But I think I think we're just going the route where shortstop is now Tommy Edmonds' position, and we're going to have um, second base be Nolan Gorman's, and you know we still have Brendan Donovan. Donovan who can play everywhere. So mm-hmm. I think we're just going that route, which I'm okay with. I think it'll be good. Tommy Edmonds, I'm very confident in his shortstop abilities, and he's a good contact guy. His hitting got a lot better last year, which was his you know you know struggle point a few seasons ago. So if he can keep that up, that would be good. Um, Nolan Gorman having a little bit uh, of a, you know, good amount of major league experience this past season can hopefully get comfortable again. Um, this come coming season, if he gets a lot more playing time, obviously Brendan Donovan gold glove winner, rookie season can play everywhere that we need him to be grinds out a lot of at bats. Um, so I think middle infield wise, mm-hmm. that's what we're going for. I have not heard anything um, but I would not be surprised if we don't see a Paul DeYoung in the lineup this season, at least opening day. Yeah. yeah. And then moving on to the outfield, a lot of people have been linking the Cardinals to uh, that guy from Pittsburgh, Brian Reynolds. The yeah, he wanted outfielder. to trade. Mm-hmm. Came out and said he wanted to be traded. Yeah. And the Cardinals the got a few... One- yeah, we got a we got a good you know farm system. I just don't know how much the Pirates would want for him because I know that we were also connected with the A's of trying to get potentially Sean Murphy as a backstop too. But they wanted Lars Newtbar, and I think they wanted either Mason Wynn or another top prospect. I don't know. It was it was a little bit too much, obviously, which is why we didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of depends on how much the Pirates would want for Brian, even if if the Pirates even want to trade him. Because just because he requested the trade doesn't mean they're actually going to yeah. do it. Yeah. So, I mean, I think opening day you put O'Neal in left. But who knows? Walker could be there by, I don't Walker know, Mike Springfield. Walker's been doing really well. Um, I think with how he does, if, you know, depending on how he does in this, you know, the, the winter leagues and spring training, he might get – a call up in and be on an opening day roster, maybe not necessarily in the lineup, but at least be on the 40 man being called up opening day. Um, I see him getting a good amount of playing time in the outfield. Um, you have, um, you know, you have your Tyler O'Neill, who's hopefully going to have a bounce back season and not get injured mm-hmm. throughout the entire season. You know, I can forgive yeah. one or two stunts on the IL because things happen, but he's got to stay pretty consistently on the field. Um, but then you still have Juan Yepes, who can play the outfield, most likely supposed to be our DH for this season. Um, Dylan Carlson, center field is his now. He's got to take charge of that. Um, yeah. I think he can. I think he can. I think um, having a lot of that playing time will help him. And we have Lars Newpar still. Uh, those are our four guys. So I really hope that Jordan Walker comes up because he's been doing very, very well. I'd love to see him starting play early, early. But hope, and in my opinion, I think he should get called up before school gets out, you know, before the end of May. I really hope that Jordan Walker mm-hmm. is yeah. called up and playing ball with us in the majors. Um, I think we still yeah. have Corey Dickerson, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. I, uh, I think that was just a one-year deal. It was just a one-year thing? Okay. I never I never could tell about him. But, yeah, outfield-wise, yeah. I think, if anybody, he's going to be the guy who's going to be called up. And I really hope it's early on. Um, especially with what happened in in you know 
my other favorite team in Baltimore, as soon as they called up their top prospect in Adley Rechman, their season took a yeah, total flip. Yeah. And at the end, they were really close into making it into the postseason. So yeah. I hope that we kind of learn from that and call them up earlier on so that we can continue a good run um, and just keep moving forward and hopefully win the division again because it looks like we're going to – it looks like we're built to do that again. The Brewers lost a few people last year. Um during the trade deadline and this year they lost Colton Wong to Seattle. I mean, they kind of did a one for one trade with Jesse Winker, but how well is Jesse Winker going to play? I don't know. Yeah. The Brewers have definitely took a step back. I mean, last year, the beginning of last year, some people were saying they were like a world series contender, but then they just kind of fell off and now they're like, yeah, they just fell off the cliff. Yeah. That's the thing. And our entire division is kind of just, yeah. I think the next two competitive teams to the Cardinals is probably the Brewers still better than the Pirates in Cincinnati. The Cubs made some moves and they could potentially be now, at least competitive in the offseason. Yeah. I think the Cubs are the number two team now after they got. Swanson I think the Cubs will run away. Oh, yeah. The, the Brewers are kind of like the third place team, potentially maybe even, I dare say, maybe even a fourth place team if the Pirates for some reason do well enough with their guys because they have O'Neal Cruz and Cabrian Hayes who can do well. But the Cubs with Dansby Swanson, big thing, kind of suspected that he would kind of follow his newly wedded wife and live in Chicago and go there. Um, And that's obviously great for the Cubs because they also have their young guy in, um, uh, what's his name? Starts with an M, right? You talking about Nico Horner? Oh yeah, and yeah, Nico Horner, Nico Horner. So like he can yeah. maybe help there and help teach that guy. And then I really, despite being the Cubs and a division rival, and let alone one of the biggest rivalries in baseball, I'm kind of hoping that Bellinger does have a little bit of a bounce back season. Um, I think yeah. having him and Suzuki in the outfield for the Cubs was a very good move for them. So it definitely seems like the Cubs are trying to at least come in second place and maybe push a yeah. wild card spot, maybe. I know on the Talking Baseball podcast, they were saying that if the Cubs had kept Rizzo, they could be looking at contending for the, the NL Central crown right now, which I kind of agree with. Yeah. If, yeah, if they kept Rizzo with his bat, they could have even – if, even if they did still lose Contreras to us um, – they would have still been a competitive team. But that also begs the question, if they kept Rizzo, Contreras might have even stayed on too because they might have built around those guys again. So, But we'll see. Um, you know, Javi, Javi Baez leaving doesn't seem to be like it's hurting them too much. He hasn't been doing well no. the past two seasons. He hasn't really been playing with them. Um, neither has um, Chris Bryant, really. So uh, those two things aren't really hurting them. The biggest thing is... Anthony Rizzo went to the Yankees and just stayed there, and he's doing very well for them. So, But I definitely think the mm-hmm. Cubs are back in it, kind of. I think, you know, for a few years, the Cubs-Cardinals um, rivalry was still fun, but less fun because the Cubs weren't as competitive as a team. And so it kind of seemed like the Cardinals yeah. were just still the dominant team, which I still believe we are the better, more consistent team this year. But I think games between the Cubs now will be a little bit more um, back and forth. A little bit, a little more even of a matchup than previously. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I mean, we've put some things down here on this on this outline about the Pirates and the Reds, but Reds basically did nothing. I, I had not heard any really news from them. I just looked, take, took a quick look on their transaction board, and they traded this guy named Blake Sabol to the Giants, but it didn't even say who it was for. Wasn't even like a name, a yeah. player to be named later. Like a it must have been some minor league guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the big thing with the Pirates is that Brian Reynolds wanted to be traded. I don't think they're going to. And depending on how the season really? goes in a little bit, he might. I, well, if they trade him, they would probably get a, a decent package for him. Obviously, he's a good player. Um, but I don't, I don't know if the Pirates organization wants to. That's the thing. Um, the request is there, and I think they're talking to him. Um, but at the current moment, I don't necessarily know any teams off the top of my brain who would like need an outfielder like that and would have the package to trade for it for what the Pirates want. Because they have the young guys, um, and I think the Pirates, they did something that I liked. Um, I don't know. Vince, they signed Vince Velasquez. Um, but yeah, I think the Pirates did another, a few other like smaller signings, um, which could potentially work out for them for the better. Um, but I think the Pirates are still one year out of being in contention for um, second place in our division. Yeah. All right. Just to wrap it up, I think the Cardinals by getting Wilson Contreras, have made themselves a little bit better and increased their payroll a little bit. But yep. they're still not good enough to compete with the other heavyweights in the NL, like the Dodgers um, and the Phillies yeah, and the I think, Braves. Yeah, on paper, as of right now, I don't think we're there yet. I think this year is continuously to staying to stay consistent. Wilson Contreras helps with that. Um, on the way that it looks to me is that we're going to be sort of banking on, like we're consistent enough with our guys that are, have been in the big leagues now on the roster and in the lineup that we still can make a wild card team. Um, competitive wise, I think we're kind of banking on Juan Yepes being a good bat. Like he was, you know, the entire second half of the season, mm -hmm. um, you know, Jordan Walker will most likely get called up and be a rookie, hopefully big bat there too, and a big, big presence. He's supposed to be the next face of the franchise for us, really. And then Nolan Gorman getting more playing time. Um, so I think those three rookies mm -hmm. are really kind of our big hope. If they can have good seasons like they're supposed to, then maybe we might be able to compete with um, the big dogs. Um, but as of right now yeah. on paper, we're still kind of middle of the pack. Um and I, you know, yeah. I, I'm especially, a hopeful man. That, especially rotation-wise. Oh, my gosh. It, it's if I was really hoping. I knew that Chris Bassett was on the market again, and I wanted Chris Bassett last time he was on the market. And so yeah. I was hoping that we would sign him or even a Rodon would have been amazing too. But I, I'm worried that during the trade deadline, again, this coming season, that we're just going to go out and get another pitcher for like only a year. For some reason, it's just, but that's, I don't know. It's mm -hmm. been like the story of the past five years, if I, if that I can remember, that the, the Cardinals have always been like very good defensively, 
offense is sometimes a little bit inconsistent, which I think gets a lot better with Wilson Contreras and Juan Yepes doing better too, and Lars Newborn now too. I think our offense is decently consistent now, and our defense is good too. But the story of our life has always been that pitching has been the one thing we're weak at. And Jack Flaherty was supposed to fix those problems, and he hasn't. So we're kind of still stuck in the same boat that we have been for the past three, five years. Yeah. All right. Just uh, one last thing. I wanted to talk about um, Danny Mack um, stepping down as the play-by-play announcer. Stepping down. There's a hole. Um, Who knows? You could fill it. You know, yeah, you right. and I just we could we could go on up in the we can go up in the booth and do that. Yeah, no, we joke about yeah. that. That'd be that'd be fun though. It'd be a fun job. Um, I'm interested to see if we're just gonna move already existing guys and move them up, or if we're gonna get like a brand new guy move that I've never from, even heard about. Um, they could move someone from the radio broadcast, like Kim Wax, over. Yeah, th- I'm thinking about that, or maybe call up call up like a guy from the, who was doing minor league radio too, or something like that. Um, I really liked Danny Mac calls. He was good at his job. He did well. Um, yeah. you know, he's just kind of struggling with things right now. Um, and we gave him another chance and he kind of, you know, swung and a miss a third time and it's baseball, three strikes and you're out. So he's kind of stepping down. Hopefully, hopefully can get the help that he needs yeah. takes care of it. Um, but I'm interested to see, I'm, I'm a big fan when it comes to announcers hearing like, I love it. I love hearing them go out just absolutely nuts and crazy. Um, so I think, you know, yeah. getting somebody with a good, good passion for that would be fun too. Um, and yeah. I think the Mets are still consistently voted over and over again, the best broadcast booth. So if we can get, you know, people like that, that would be good too. bring in a former player, maybe um, somebody could do that. Yeah. We'll see. That's honestly, for me, the next thing I'm waiting on. Um, Adam Wainwright. I'm the only guy I can think of right now who might replace him. I would love that. We could put an earpiece on him while he's pitching, and he could just commentate while he's on the field already. Player announcer. Adam oh, yeah, I think. <laughs> That'd be fun. That'd be really fun. I'd love that. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. The one guy I know who helped Danny Mack a lot, um, Brad Thompson, could be kind of like the, uh, yeah. the stepping stone guy for a while until we get somebody else who gets called up. But... I'm interested to see who the Cardinals will do for that because when you think about it, most of us are going to be watching it on TV. And that's going to be the next voice that you're going to be hearing in your living room for potentially the next decade or so, depending on who it is. So we'll see what happens there. I'm intrigued. All right. Peace. Lots of fun stuff to look forward to this season, though. See ya. See ya.